All this top 40 music is so boring. Jeez, I sure wish I had something geeky to listen to. Well, I've got just the thing for you, stranger. Who are you and how did you get in my house? Don't even worry about that. If you're looking for the latest, greatest, and geekiest podcasts around, you should check out Those Geeks You Know. Those Geeks You Know? Wow! Three friends talking about comic books, movies, TV shows, all the things that I geek out about. But seriously, you gotta leave now. Be sure to check out Those Geeks You Know on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also like us on Facebook and Twitter and tell everybody that you know. You, you gotta leave. I called the cops. The following is a DFAT Entertainment podcast, recorded and edited by Jake Duell. What's the password? Bull and Moose Tavern Podcast. Come on in. The world is very different now, for man holds in his mortal hands the power to abolish all forms of human poverty and all forms of human life. Let both sides explore what problems unite us. Instead of belaboring those problems which divide us, we dare not forget today that we are the heirs of that first revolution. Ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Aaron, welcome to the speakeasy today. Oh, I love it, Jake. Yes. Did you you like that extra little bit at our beginning to enter the speakeasy? I did. I think there should always be a password to come to the Bull and Moose Tavern make it different every week and make it hard on me yes absolutely and our listeners should have to figure out what the password is otherwise they won't be able to listen to it wait Uh, no our views are too low to begin with come on in all is welcome well the application i used to create that i was also the what's the password but then i used things (laughs) to slow it down and change the pitch of my voice to make a little voice modulation yeah so i could also reverse the password every time and then (laughs) see if our viewers could figure out what i'm saying during that paul is dead man miss him miss him miss him (laughs) you have to say it in reverse and then reverse it so it sounds forward but weird I'll say it forward, reverse it, say, change the pitch and tempo, reverse it again, and see what comes out. We need an Uno card. Yes. Reverse, <laughs> reverse. <laughs> so I think we should start off with what are we drinking today? So because our topic is going to be prohibition and the political ramifications of that, um, I felt it was apropos if we uh, drank and alcohol that uh, had some uh, quasi relationship to that era. So um, I found uh, this beer by who is it by Thin Man Brewery, Thin Man Brewery. It's called Pills Mafia. So mafia being apropos because a lot of the uh, mobs grew out of the prohibition era uh it is pills mafia it is brewed i believe in buffalo uh, and it's a it's a reference to bill's mafia yep buffalo. little local hometown quasi pride so i thought it would it was befitting but you have a story about getting this i do i do so i went to my go-to wegmans you know pittsford wegmans yeah looking around and i'm like i don't see anything from thin man brewing here 
Like I can't even find this brewery. So I open up my Wegmans app because I know I looked it up on the Wegmans app and Wegmans had it. And I'm at my store and it's like, no, there's nothing from Thin Man Brewing here. <laughs> they don't have it at this store. So I go in and start changing the stores. All right. East Ave Wegmans has it. So I'll drive from Pittsburgh to East Ave, go to East Ave. And then I'm sitting at East Ave like, where the hell is this beer? And I had to turn around. And then when I turned around and looked at the cooler, it was like literally right in my face. <laughs> so, no one expects the cooler. Yes. You have a story too? Oh, my story is epic. Your story was pretty good, but uh, this one's going to get weird. It's There's going to be a twist. There's going to be a down. And then there's a, a pickup at the very end. So um, I went to uh, my Wegmans. That I always go to and the app said it was there and all that absolutely thought it was okay. And I was running on limited time. You know, I carved out just a little bit of my day to be able to go do this. So I get there and my Wegmans has one of the biggest beer sections out of the Wegmans in Rochester. And I'm walking around. I'm like, I can't find it. I can't find it. I can't find anything from Thin Man Brewery. I don't know where it is. And I'm looking and I'm looking and then this guy walks up to me and he's like, can I help you find something? Now, I know that Wegmans hires specific people for the beer section in certain stores. They don't always wear Wegmans uniform polo with the Wegmans logo on it. So as of right now, it could have been some random stranger that came up to me and tried <laughs> to help me or it was the beer guy. Either way, here's sort of how the conversation went. I told him what I was looking for. He's like, I've heard of that. I don't know exactly where it is, but I have a general idea. So now there's two of us hunting around and he insists on hunting with me, though. I would have thought divide and conquer would have been the better strategy here. But no, we're going to we're going to work in tandem. Fine, fine. So we go through and he goes, let me go check the back and see if it's see if it's back there. If someone else knows where it might be at this point, I'm losing hope. So he comes back and he goes, well, I don't I don't see it back there. It doesn't look like we have any in stock. How about we how about I help you pick out a different Pilsner? And I was like, no, that's OK. I just need that one. And he goes, OK, I completely understand. There's two that I know of that have really close flavor profiles to that one. One of them, you're not even going to be able to tell the difference. It's a micro brew. It's not from New York. Uh, it's like from Connecticut or something. I don't remember what he said, but it, he's like, it's like, it's a Pilsner. It's beautiful. It's delicious. It's it's just right. And I was like, nope, that's okay. I need this one in particular. And he goes, well, is there a different Pilsner, a different flavor profile? And I was like, you know, you don't understand. It has nothing to do with the type of beer or what it is. It has everything to do with the name. To which he looked at me like I grew a second head. And I was like, I this is going to be weird, but I'm doing a, I do a podcast with my friend and we have to we, we do it remotely. So we have to drink the same thing. This is the beer we're drinking. So I need this beer. And he looks at me and then he tries to compute. He goes, oh, so you got like a a, a beer review podcast or a drinking podcast. And I was, <laughs> I went, no, it's a political podcast, <laughs> which completely is like, I no, I don't. I don't. Uh, where does the beer come in? <laughs> so then I was like, look, the name of the beer is Pills Mafia. We're doing an episode on prohibition. So mafia prohibition. That's why 
you know, we picked it. I need to have the beer. He he looks at me and he goes, oh, well, if that's all you need here, I got this. Oh, so, the unicorn. Mafia. So I have. So he pulls out unicorn mafia. I saw that by ROC Brewing Company. And he goes, well, this has mafia in the name. And if you don't give a shit what the beer is, maybe this will work for you. <laughs> so um, the fact that it's Unicorn Mafia and there are bullet holes on the logo, um, I loved it. So I bought it. So that was the down and the up. But to our listeners at home who are watching the unpublished video version of this podcast in uh, you know 2034, um, you might say, but Aaron, you, you have the Pills Mafia bottle in your hand. I thought they didn't have it. And the confused beer guy gave you a replacement. You would be correct. However, uh, after all was said and done, defeat had set in, but slight victory over the fact that I now own Unicorn Mafia um, by an even more local brewery, I decided to stop at my usual gas station on my way home. As I normally do on a Friday evening, top up the gas, get ready for a long weekend and, uh, you know, get ready for the week just with a full tank of gas. And as I normally do, I go in to uh, get my usual round of energy drinks to last me through the weekend. And lo and behold, my magical gas station sitting in the beer aisle for the first time that I've ever seen it has Pills Mafia just sitting there. So. Once again, my magical gas station pulls out, but I got a great story. Confuse the hell out of some random guy and also have Unicorn Mafia as well. I saw Unicorn Mafia. You got to let me know how that is. I will, because uh, once I'm done drinking the the Pills Mafia, I'm going to crack open the Unicorn Mafia. So, well, let's be like that annoying guy, Teddy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, who's in love with Pilsners. Crack this open (laughs) and try it all about the pills oh it smells strong oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) you gotta love pills oh just hops just a salad in my mouth oh that is so hoppy oh why is it spicy (laughs) just hops straight just just a salad just a salad of hops i don't hate it like, I feel like the whole point of this is to sell it at a, at a Bills game, and I'm not sure anyone could drink this at the game. Like, maybe if you had pretzels or something to go with it. Maybe. I mean, it's one of those where, like, it's hoppy, but it's not bitter. So at least it doesn't have, like, the negative. Like, it's not like an IPA that just has that ugh, yeah to it. But it's its purpose is to remind you that hops is a plant that grows and is as close to salad as you're going to get. And if you could eat, if you could drink this with a knife and fork, you would. It kind of leaves my tongue dry. A little bit. Ugh. I do not like hops, but I do like hops. That's why I don't hate this beer. It just, it's different. I mean, I'm not going to say it's bad. Just, you know, it, not for me. Yeah. Could be for you. I mean, could be I, for I, our I, listeners. I prefer stouts. I think our listeners know this at this point. So I'd probably give it a good six out of 10 on my scale of beers. I like 
Oh, I'll give it. I'll give it a. I'll give it a five because it's not. It's drinkable. Yeah, it's drinkable. If you only had this in your fridge and you offered it to me, I would not be offended. I will. I will be drinking this as quickly as possible, though, because uh, the Unicorn Mafia. Yeah, what is Unicorn Mafia? It is a sour ale. Ooh, interesting. At six point five percent alcohol, I feel like this is going to be like a quasi beer and a half review because we're reviewing the the pills, and then I'm going to end up drinking the Unicorn Mafia. Uh, yeah, the pills is a four point nine percent. Ah, yes. So, so we'll get. I'll get nicely level with the pills and then fucked up on the unicorn. Perfect. All right. So uh, the reason we had a password today and are in the speakeasier instead of the regular tavern is because the government is going to be busting down our doors any point now because we are drinking alcohol and oh. that is illegal How in this we? day and age. Uh, we are talking about prohibition and Aaron, I, I need to confess, I've been super busy the past two weeks, so I did absolutely no research for this episode. Oh, perfect. This is going to go off the rails quick. But I need to take you in a minor time machine, and this is a true time machine, back okay. to when I was 17 years old. My high school, Spencerport, had this really stupid thing we had to do called the Senior Project. It was one of the only school districts in Monroe County that had this, and it was this all year long project you had to do to graduate. And um, on top of having this project, I lost a lot of the, or a lot of the kids in my class if their parents were divorced and their other parent was in a different school district, moved school districts their senior year to avoid doing this project. Um, so me being a stupid 18 year old, and not having any idea what I want to do for this. Some people were like, I'm going to build a computer or I'm going to do this or something. I'm like, you know what? I really like Photoshop. I'm going to make a pamphlet, but I need to make the pamphlet on something. And being a history nerd, I'm like, I'm going to do a historical paper. And then to go with the paper to make it easier to understand, I'm going to do a pamphlet. And that pamphlet was why the mafia was good for America. Ooh, I don't have any of these around anymore. So I'm going to have to like dig into that research brain from now. Oh God. Uh, dig 14 in. years ago and pull that information out. Oh, this should be good. But this links to our, our constitutional episode. One of our first episodes there because yep. Prohibition came around because of the 18th Amendment, yes. in which we, as excuse me, Pilsner Burp, uh, <laughs> a country, uh, made it illegal to consume alcohol. Now, I will preface this with if you do your research around the 18th Amendment, it had good logic behind it. Um, it was a bad solution to a real problem that was happening. Um, America wasn't great during that time. Um, people were coming back from World War I, really messed up and stuff. And since the 1800s, there's been problems with men at the time wasting all their money on booze and then beating their families. And instead of, you know, being a nice, enlightened 21st century view where we're like, maybe that person should go to therapy, they just drink and drink and drink and drink. And it created a lot of bad situations. 
So a group rose up out of that uh, to ban alcohol and that movement steamrolled ahead by latching onto other movements like move the women's right to vote movement and stuff. And that is proven by the fact that the women's right to vote was passed around the same time as the banning of alcohol. And then we got the roaring 20s with illegal alcohol and all this crazy stuff. So the mafia really was around, but kind of drove up during this through the sale of alcohol. Right. And we wound up with where we were. Now that ends up lasting from 1919 to 1933, where Congress finally goes, geez, this was stupid. Let's pass the 21st Amendment, repeal the 18th Amendment, and make alcohol legal again. Um, I think this is the true will of the people can be scary thing, because it took a small group that activated and worked well together to ban something that the majority of Americans actually didn't agree with. Right. Or at least once it happened, they saw how bad of an idea it was to do what they thought was a good idea. Right. It's that classic uh, mob rule, the small percentage of the pot. I mean, you got to think that in any given situation, the majority of the population just doesn't care and just wants to be left alone. But a small percentage of the population can hijack anything and just take it out of control. And if most people aren't paying attention or care, then they wake up and all of a sudden beer is illegal. Yeah. More than just beer, all, yeah. um, all liquor. What is surprising is there's still dry counties to this day where illegal. It is illegal to sell alcohol. I believe the county that Jack Daniels is produced in is still a dry county. So it was it's barreled in uh i believe lynchburg tennessee but it is illegal to sell it there yes the distillery is located in a dry town yep yep so it is located in moore county which has been dry since tennessee enacted prohibition in 1910 so this is still a thing and by that point some states actually enacted prohibition before it was enacted at the national level Yes, Tennessee being one of them. So what are the outfalls of this? Um, People still wanted their alcohol. Um, Bathtub gin, bathtub moonshine uh, was some of the downfalls of this. Moonshine business uh, skyrocketed. Yep. And a whole ton of crime. Uh, One of my favorite uh, versions of... A company selling non-alcohol alcohol was uh, one of the wineries actually um, uh, around us in Naples. Uh, one of the whatever the oldest one is around here that sold grape juice during Prohibition, but they sold it in the giant fermenting crafts. So you could, and when you buy it, they would give you a packet of sugar with instructions that said, under no circumstance. Are you to pour the sugar into this bottle? If you do, do not use this cork to cap it. Definitely do not leave it in a room this temperature. And under no circumstances should you vent it after this many days 
and then let it sit in a barrel for this many days before consuming it. If that happens, you have turned it into wine and it should be immediately thrown out, which is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, people found their way around it. Um, But what really happened is crime grew because of this, because um, people wanted their booze. And so we started importing it from Canada. We started making it illegally in the United States. And the mafia was a big, you know, runner of speakeasy, runner of uh, alcohol. And, you know, going back to 18 year old me, part of that paper was that the mafia helped with American freedom because people wanted the freedom to buy alcohol and the mafia was just delivering a service that America wanted. So oh, young Jake was a libertarian. Oh, good on Jake him was quite a character. I 100% um, agree with that, Jake. So uh, it's not that I disagree with that, Jake. I just know if I went back and read the research on it, it would be very, very poor in my current opinion um, <laughs> yeah but so all that happened and then we got some more interesting results from that uh car racing kind of came from prohibition yep uh the original know, nascars were uh bootlegger rum, cars yeah rum runners yep um so there was that and it just it was a political blunder i mean <laughs> It was a political blunder. People didn't want this. And I have to talk about how our government treated alcohol for a moment. Maybe get into the conspiracy realm a little bit with. uh, Okay. They were definitely releasing alcohol into the public made with like antifreeze and poisoning people during (laughs) prohibition. No. Yeah. What? No, the government would never. Yeah. Would never. No. Yeah, it was a thing. Uh, the U.S. government did, in fact, poison alcohol during Prohibition. And people drink that alcohol <laughs> that was poisoned by the United States government. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, you know, government out there killing its own people over alcohol. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to you have to protect them from, you know, cirrhosis of their liver and uh, um, and alcohol poisoning. So you might as well kill them first before they can kill themselves. I mean, it's, a, it's very, very government view. There's some logic there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, it's interesting that, uh, prohibition had such, I think, especially with the roaring twenties, people still drink alcohol. You, you tell people it's illegal. uh, It's not going to stop people. It's true. They're just not going to stop. Right. Pro prohibition never works. Never. Um, prohibition of anything doesn't work and i'm sure eventually we're going to get into what happened after prohibition and what other things the government went after oh i totally had planned on bringing us there okay um, uh, but before we get there i would just like to point out so i i 
I know we touched on this, or I don't know if we touched on this because my memory is shit, but um, you don't need all states to sign on to ratify an amendment to the Constitution. Um, Prohibition needed uh, or got uh, 38 states to adopt the amendment. Do you know uh, what eight, what nine states did not? I mean, I'm cheating because I have the Wikipedia article on the other side. And let's be clear. There's only two states that completely didn't ratify it. There are states that ratified it after it became a law because they got the two thirds. So we got Minnesota and Wisconsin doing it the day after. So prohibition becomes a law on January 16th. They on January 20th. uh, (laughs) We don't want to be left out. (laughs) 17th. Sorry. January 17th. New Mexico follows on the 20th. Nevada follows on the 21st. New York waits all the way till the 29th. You know, New York, who does not like ratifying things, was the last state to ratify the Constitution. Um, So uh, we didn't wait out, though. Vermont joined us that same day. And then Pennsylvania on February 25th. Then our friends down in New Jersey waited all the way till March 9th. 1922 to ratify it and connecticut and rhode island said hell no and never ratified it so if you want real freedom you live in connecticut or rhode island i yes there's only like four people in rhode island to walk across my lawn and cross the entire state in doing that (laughs) so i live in rhode island that's true you got to be careful you go to the grocery store you might be in the wrong state (laughs) uh very true So I see a lot of the effects of prohibition still in place today. And I want to talk about modern day prohibition. Do you have any points on prohibition as an amendment and what happened there? Um, The um, only... I don't know if we want to talk about this now or get into it later, but I feel like one of the biggest ramifications of um, the prohibition amendment is that it really, I think one of like the underlying um, results of it that people don't ever talk about or really think about is I think from that point forward, it got harder to ratify an amendment for the constitution. No, I think that's good to talk about right now. Um, I would agree with that because it was such an unhappy situation that you left the most of Americans and and such a vocal. I, I w- don't want to call them minority in that there was a lot of pro prohibition people, um, but they were the minority of Americans and they were right. able to swing enough governments to and senators and House members to get what they want. But right excuse me pilsner burps this is gonna keep happening <laughs> it's just it's gonna keep coming it's usually i i take the taste the pilsner on the way back up mixed with the mexican i had for dinner uh, oh it's delicious it's delicious uh no so i think it's gonna keep happening you know we're gonna see now that well we don't want to ratify that amendment because is it you know really as popular as we think it is or and i think you're right people got more hesitant 
to ratify constitutional amendments after this. Right. Because what we had between the founding of America on the Constitution and this, we get 18 amendments in the span of 150 years, not even uh, what we're talking 1779 to 1919, 130, 140 years. Right. Uh, and then we really slowed down because we're only at what, 27 at this point? Right. Now. So things super slowed down. And the last amendment to be ratified by Congress that hasn't been adopted by the states is the ERA. So, and that's just stalled out. Yeah. And I, I feel like, I, I feel like the 16th amendment happened. It happened quickly. It happened somewhat easily. Um, I mean, I don't know. It happened all those years ago, so we don't know exactly what went on, but from history, it seems like this movement picked up a lot of steam, so much steam that they ratified the constitution. I feel like afterwards they went, we might have made a mistake because this is kind of heavy and this probably should have just been left to like a law or something in it because the realization at some point had to set in that the only way you're going to get rid of this is with another amendment. And it required the 21st amendment to, because that's the thing. The 16th amendment still exists in the constitution. It still exists as the rule of law in the land. It's just that the 21st Amendment went, uh, whatever she said, ignore. (laughs) The 18th Amendment, the 16th, is still law. Uh, That one's not gone. 16 is uh, uh, the Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived without appointment among several states and without regard to any census or enumeration. Oh, bullshit. That should totally be repealed. Uh, so That was a mistake, too. But no, you're right. Prohibition was the 18th Amendment. Yes, I digress. But, but yes, the so, 16th Amendment is bullshit, too. We'll get into that in a different non-Pilsner podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So after the 20th Amendment passed, um, or sorry, the 21st Amendment passed, Reversing the 18th Amendment, repealing Prohibition in 1933. We don't get another amendment for almost 20 years till 1951. And since the 22nd Amendment in the past 70 years, we've only had five more amendments ratified during that time. Which, looking at it, I will say, it's not as slow as you would think, because if you don't count the Bill of Rights... After the Bill of Rights passes, which is 10 amendments, there were only two amendments passed from the Bill of Rights until uh, the 13th Amendment in 1865. So there is a like rash of amendments that happened between 1865 and 1933. Right. There was a big time for ratifying thing. Now, a lot of that has to do with the end of the Civil War. And I think we got what four or five amendments right yep. out of the Civil War. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean that's the thing. We're the founding fathers set it up so that we could be, you know, we're not the Articles of Confederation. We're, you know, a Constitution of the United States. So there, we are set up to be able to amend and evolve, and as things become necessary to make the absolute rule of the land, that's why we can 
amend uh, the Constitution. That's why we have amendments. Um, but yeah, I agree. So let's move to more modern times and modern prohibition. But let's first take a commercial break. From the far reaches of the galaxy to an internet location near you, we're Don'tForgetATowel.com, your daily source for geeky pop culture news, reviews, interviews, and so much more. So as you're hitchhiking your way through the universe, don't forget to travel safe, and don't forget a towel. That was a nice commercial break in which our listeners still at this point probably heard an advertisement for one of the other great podcasts on the DFAT Entertainment Network. Just uh, search DFAT in Spotify and you can find all our podcasts, uh, Critical Mass, which I was on just earlier this week, Star Warriors, which I hosted a live episode on May the 4th. And we've got other great episodes out there like Insensitive Culture and Those Geeks You Know and Towel Light Talk, which has its 200th episode uh, either coming up or depending on when I edit this just a few days ago. That's <laughs> a, it's a commercial break from a commercial break about a commercial break. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, should I take the moment to, uh, praise our Lord and savior, savior, Elon Musk, as we do every episode. Yes, of course. I, I don't have anything to pitch to him this time. Um, Elon send us rockets full of beer, you know, I guess. Yeah, find a, well, find a way Rochester, get... Rochester will never be dry. So if <laughs> if you're into drinking, we have a lot to drown our sorrows in. I mean, to celebrate. We with, are. So. We were. We might still only be New York's only beer trail. You know, we're known for our wine maybe, trails, but Rochester maybe. got the first beer trail. I'm sure Buffalo has one by now, too, since mm. we are drinking a Buffalo Pilsner right now. Pilsner, oh, yes, with the delicious pills. Yes, burps. the pills. Uh, many, many pills. I'm, I want to get through it so bad because uh, I just want to get to the unicorn mafia. But you know, Elon, I, I don't have anything to pitch to you today. Um, oh, that's maybe it. you done. did good on SNL. I didn't even watch it. I kind of want to watch it to see how bad it was. But uh, SNL hasn't been good for years. SNL's really funny this season. You, you but... know, you know when SNL got bad. When they stopped being 100% live and they started introducing those digital shorts for those listening at home, I, d- I did air quotations. It just like, like, cause SNL's magic, like the beauty of like original old school SNL when the greats were on it was that it was all live. It was, you know, one take. And if they fuck up, they better figure out a way to get out of it. And as it evolved, you know, they put in things. And this has nothing to do with prohibitions. It's just us. But they put in, you know, like digital shorts or pre-recorded shit. And it's like, that's not we don't watch you for you to come up with funny stuff. We watch you because you're doing it live and there's an energy there. There's no energy when you're just doing basically a college humor skit. You know, I don't know what that means. Fuck it. We're doing it live. We're right. doing it live. Um Really quickly to your point, though, you're saying SNL became on funny on the very first episode when they put it on a five second delay because George Carlin was hosting and they didn't trust him not to swear, not making the show live. 
<laughs> that was a travesty. They should have trusted George Carlin. And even if they didn't, fuck it. George Carlin is the conductor on Thomas the Train, or at least when I was a kid. And when my dad first showed me a George Carlin sketch, I went, that's the conductor from Thomas the Train swearing. This is weird. It's like anybody that grew up watching Full House seeing Bob Saget do a stand-up and being like, oh my God, it's so dirty. This isn't the Bob Saget I know. He's what about the America's Funniest guy? Why is he so interesting? All right. Back to <laughs> Prohibition. So alcohol <laughs> prohibition ends. It's only 30 years later that Prohibition comes back as drug prohibition and they don't use the word prohibition they straight up outlaw drugs and throw this stupid crazy schedule thing whether the drug schedule one or schedule two um marijuana the first one they went after a schedule one drug which i believe means they think it's more addictive than heroin schedule one drugs substances or chemicals are defined as drugs with no currently accepted medical use and a high high potential for abuse marijuana is a schedule one here's the thing that i find hilarious meth meth the fucking thing they cooked in breaking bad is schedule two two which means it is less dangerous than marijuana the thing that will turn you into a teeth rotted out, burned out zombie person looking That's to only in the suck walking dick. Dead. That's only in The Walking Dead when they took Walter's blue meth to become zombies. <laughs> is, wor- is, is better for you than marijuana. All right, Oxy, so- which can be abused basically by looking at it, <laughs> is considered less dangerous than marijuana obviously they were high when they put this fucking list together i'm sorry there is five schedules Mm -hmm. i thought you know because we only hear about schedule one and schedule two excuse me but uh there's schedule three four and five now i can't find an example of schedule five i'm trying to oh i got one uh robitussin oh okay here we go schedule five schedule one marijuana heroin (laughs) lsd ecstasy and magic mushrooms Schedule two, cocaine, meth, oxycodone, Adderall, Ritalin, and Vicodin. Schedule three, Tylenol with codeine, ketamine, some steroids, and testosterone. Schedule four, Xanax, Soma, Dervaset, Valium, and Ambien. And schedule five, Robitussin. So, and so, then a bunch of ones I have no clue what they are. So the DEA believes that ketamine is less dangerous for you than marijuana. Correct. So don't you dare eat those brownies, but go ahead and freebase some ketamine. I'm sure you'll be fine. You know, when I look at that schedule one list that I just listed off, uh, there's um, five drugs on list listed there that apparently have no medical purpose, but at least three of those today seem to actually have a medical purpose. Um, I don't think heroin has a medical purpose, though we did used to use it for medical mm-hmm. reasons. Oh, and actually, I think, I think we do still use certain heroin for medical reasons. I heard maybe it's cocaine um, 
if you're getting nose surgery, there's a form of heroin or cocaine that they can like just dot a little bit in your nose and it um, causes your blood vessels to constrict to stop the bleeding. That would be cocaine. Is Okay, it's cocaine. But um, the thing with heroin is um, all the all the the major painkillers are heroin derivatives heroin's uh opium comes from opium it's an opioid all all the major painkillers are just heroin in a in a different form yeah like most people who i mean the whole opioid epidemic which was caused by doctors getting too much swag from all the pain medication companies when someone can't get prescription pain meds, they switch to heroin because it's cheaper and gives you a better relief. Yeah. Um, so marijuana has a medical purpose. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know the federal government refuses to acknowledge it. And I've read, um, being a migraine sufferer, that both LSD and magic mushrooms have a pretty strong medical purpose when taken in micro doses. Um, they have been shown to boost creativity, which isn't really a medical purpose, but they can help with migraines um, because they rewire your brain somewhere. And there's been a lot of research lately that soldiers suffering from PTSD can actually see better results in their PTSD treatment when microdosing LSD or magic mushrooms versus being on any of the prescription PTSD medicines that the FDA allows us to take. Probably because the PTSD medications just manage the symptoms where LSD or shrooms is going to try and build different neural pathways. Yeah, I'm not a medical doctor. I will not take a guess at what it's doing differently, but that's I'm going to crazy that the schedule one includes three drugs that definitely do have a medical purpose. Right. Heroin was invented for medical for medical purposes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. LSD was invented to brainwash people to make them Manchurian candidates. And all we've had are Manchurian candidates ever since. I I can't remember. Uh, (laughs) MK Ultra. That that is a true CIA FBI experiment with uh, trying uh, LSD on people to see if you could mind control them. CIA. CIA. Um, When we get to schedule two, we're talking about at least two that can cocaine and meth should probably be in schedule one. But cocaine does have a minor medical purpose. Uh, The way it's abused, oxycodone should probably be in schedule one. Yeah, because it's highly addictive. And uh, the pharmaceutical companies lied about the activity of it, um, how addictive it was. And then you've got Adderall, Ritalin and Vicodin. And growing up as a 90s kid, I knew a ton of kids on Adderall and Ritalin. Vicodin, not so much as a kid, but that is a more college one. That's your ADHD drugs. Yeah. So. Um, our government, interesting results. And then the rest aren't that fun because it's just really pain medication and yeah, uh, anxiety medication and then cough medication, <sighs> not nearly as fun as schedule one and schedule two. Um, 
but maybe it's because a certain group of people uh, took these drugs and we could create a war on drugs and keep a certain group of people down that we put schedules on it. And, what? you know, when, you know, Don Draper was taking weed, it was no big deal. But then once it reached the black communities, it was something that needed to be regulated. And, you know, we needed well, a war on drugs with Elvis Presley as a sheriff's deputy on the war on drugs. Uh, famous non-drug user Elvis Presley. Well, that's because he wanted a DEA badge. And, uh, you know, there's a there's a fantastic drunk history episode basically explaining why Elvis got a badge and how he got it and the hilarity that ensued. Um, but the classification of marijuana was an originally attack on uh, Mexicans and the our uh, lower American countries who could make marijuana who, and... who grew and used and imported it regularly. And we had to we had to go after those those lazy, lazy me Mexicans and uh, take away their marijuana. You know, it's just our government when it comes to drug regulation is so weird. I mean, part of it, you know, I could very easily see them finding a way to turn LSD and shrooms into a prescription drug. Oh, yeah. The problem would be is marijuana. They could it would not be a schedule one if your pharmaceutical companies could easily turn it into a prescription drug in which they were the only ones that could provide us to it because right. prescription drug dealers or prescription drug companies are <laughs> no, no. legalized. You had it right the first time. Well, you had I was right. going to say are legalized drug dealers by our government. Yes. Um, Marijuana is too easy to grow outside of uh, a pharmaceutical lab. So, you know, can't have that drug out there because the pharma companies can't make money. off. Are you saying that we're a government of the corporations, not a government of the people? What? No, Jake, that's conspiracy talk. They're going to come after you. Facebook, Google, the pharma companies, they have no say in our government. Like you're going to open no the door tomorrow say. and Mickey Mouse is going to be staying there. Huh? <laughs> you said bad things about us. Oh, no, I'll bend the knee straight to Disney. They have <laughs> produced enough good content that I'm OK with what they're doing. I will bend the knee. Keep giving me my weekly show. Uh, you know, we have Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We had WandaVision. We've got Bad Batch. We've got Loki coming up. Um, I see no wrong in Disney at this point. You could show um, up at the next podcast wearing the ears. Hello, Aaron. Just being like, you should bend the knee too. Uh, so, my knees are a little sore, so I'll stand. That's okay. Um, yeah, no. Uh, but this is just prohibition in a different sense. Oh, yeah. And I know a different hat. Yeah, and I I know there's a whole movement out there to legalize all drugs. Um, I think one state has done that. Excuse me, or they've decriminalized decriminalized all drugs at this point. So basically, you still can't have it. You still can't use it. You still can't transport it. You can't sell it. But you don't go to jail if you get caught. Yeah, you get fined. You get a ticket. We're not going to send you to jail. We may send you to rehab, but not jail. Which in some cases it's its own 
structure to keep people in and out of rehab. The good rehabs are unaffordable for the people who really need them. Um, Yeah. But with that, like they, it's just prohibition of a different style. I, I can't say that I agree with the legalize all drug movement. You know, the people who are like, oh, let's put centers out there for people to do drugs so that they can get clean needles. I understand the reasoning behind that. It keeps your medical cost down because you don't have someone getting HIV from a dirty needle. But I don't think that's getting at the source of the issue of why the person's. I mean, in my opinion, that whole let's create a center for them to do drugs safely is like, to me, it's one of the 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 stupidest thoughts. It, it's the like that mentality comes from like parents that are like, oh, yeah, I let you know, I let all the kids drink at our house because if they're drinking here, at least they're not doing it somewhere else. No, that's fucked up. One, that's called enabling Two, It's bad parenting. I don't care who you are. I will die on that hill. <laughs> um, it's it's like there's a difference between legalizing all drugs or just decriminalizing them and then making it easy for people to obtain and do them. Like, and I think that's the problem. There's this like belief that if we because like that didn't happen with alcohol, like right, we ended prohibition, we decriminalized alcohol. But it wasn't a, okay, just go back to doing whatever the fuck you want. We put rules in place. Like, there's all these people who are like, well, we can never, we can't reduce the restrictions on marijuana because then everybody will be smoking all the time and everybody will be high. And it's like, no, just put the same fucking rules in place that you have for alcohol. Like, when New York said that recreational marijuana was going to be legal, everybody was like, oh, does this mean you can... You know, we can start smoking at work. No, no, the same rules apply. Don't drink before coming to work. Don't drink at work. If you're drunk, go home. Don't do it in the fucking parking lot. Like that's going to apply for marijuana. It's the same fucking thing. We're going to eventually develop. Like if you decriminalized all drugs, you could do the same thing. Set things in place. Sobriety. You can't. Don't drive high. Don't drive fucked up on shrooms. Like if you get shit faced and walk down Main Street, butt ass naked, you're going to jail. Should be the same thing if you free base a lot of meth and, you know, beat someone up naked because that's what you do. That's bath salts. When <laughs> when people were turning into zombies, no, they were free. trying to eat people. I just said beat the shit out of them. Yeah, I don't know if so. This probably breaks from young uh, Jake's libertarian views. Um, I don't know if I agree with that because there are certain temptations out there that people genetically are driven to. And if we legalize all drugs, there are those people who like once they try one could get addicted and it could royally fuck up their life. That's why in some areas gambling still isn't legal. Because that's worked so well. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's worked so well. They've found loop. But what I'm thinking is if we legalize all drugs, that is a first step. There has to be a step to address issues with people who have abuses around drugs. And that step is not to ban them. 
because that doesn't work either. But you have to deal with the mental health part of that, which is something America absolutely hates is dealing with mental health problems. Um, proven by the fact we watch people with mental health problems die all the time because of improper care by even the police when the police get called. Uh, Daniel Prude locally in Rochester, high on drugs, uh, mental health problems, and the cops killed him. So you can't just legalize all drugs and then be like, we're good. No, you got to put things issue. You got to put things in place. Yeah. But it's modern day prohibition and we are working our way towards, at least with marijuana, changing that. Uh, New York State just legalized. I think we're at 19 states now that have it legal, either recreationally or medically. Um, And marijuana was prohibition of a racist proportion, not just a drug proportion and a money proportion. Um, I think there's a movement really starting around your psychedelics, LSD, and magic mushrooms to see legalization because there seems to be a true medical purpose for those. Right. Um, outside of just tripping balls and I don't know, <laughs> seeing stuff. Going, going for a walkabout. I, I want to read. Uh, when are we going on a walkabout, Jake? <laughs> we need to do shrooms and wander into the, leave our families and wander into the woods. Uh, we need to get that cabin that we had for Tony's bachelor party again. Yes. Um, no, um, there's actually a book I want to read, The Immortality Key, that uh, explores the religious history of psychedelic drugs. Um, and I, it sounds really interesting. The guy who wrote it was on Joe Rogan's po- podcast, and I listened to that episode, and it sounds super interesting, his research. And it's a guy who's never done um, psychedelics before Oh, cool! doing research into it. Um, yet at the same time, I think we need to address the dangers around some of the drugs we have legal, like oxycodone. Um, I know that in college, I broke my finger and they just gave me a bottle of oxy. I don't know how many pills were in there. And it was oh, for yeah. the pain. And the pain probably wasn't bad enough post-surgery to need oxy. A regular or an extra strength Tylenol would have probably cut it, like the 600 right. milligram that you can only get with a prescription. And originally I was taking it every, I mean, the prescription I think said take one pill every four hours, a max of uh, six pills a day. And I had started that and then I had tapered off. And then there was one point where... Um, I was bored in class, so I just took an oxy during class. And uh, one of my fraternity brothers had uh, gained a true drug addiction that started through uh, prescription medication from a injury. And he's like, "Dude, flush that shit, flush it right now, like don't let it get there." So, yeah, it's dangerous. It is. It's I remember dangerous. when I was in high school, I had my wisdom teeth out. And they prescribed me a full bottle of Vicodin, just like 25 pills. And they were like, and it was something like, take, take it every six hours. Um, don't exceed three per day. They're like, you know, once you get home, let all the medication wear off, like six hours after getting home, take your first one and just keep taking it, you know, for the next couple of days until the, and then as needed. And you know, I got home and I was like, okay, I don't really, I feel fine now, but I'm all hopped up on the nitrous oxide because they gave me way too much, uh, mainly because 
Uh, fun fact, if find a dentist, well, maybe you want this type of dentist, but uh, make sure that they don't get distracted easily because mine turned on the nitrous oxide and then was like, we're just going to turn it up a little bit more just to speed up the process. And then nurse walked in and was like, doctor, can I ask you a question? He was like, yeah, sure. And uh, like it was anywhere from five to 50 minutes later, came back in and was like, oh, shit, this kid's been on nitrous the entire time. And it was one of those like uh, I was I was tripping balls, I will say. Uh, he came in. He's like, I must I must have looked high out of my mind because he looked at me and he goes, Aaron, do you feel a little weird? And I saw the word weird appear like 17 times around the room in different fonts. And I was like a little <laughs> it got turned down. But, you know, that was I had my wisdom teeth out. That's not a big deal. And they gave me enough Vicodin to take down a horse. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, I was high as a kite when I came home. So I put the pills in my bathroom and were like, I'll get to them when the pain comes. And the pain came, but it wasn't enough that I thought I needed to take Vicodin. Now, if I was a more um, obedient person that actually remembered things, I would have been like, oh, I feel the pain. I'm going to go take the Vicodin now. But I was just like, eh, it's not that bad. And then when it got bad, I forgot I had the pills. So I just ate ice cream. And then after two days, I was fine. And 20 but I still had is way more than two days worth of Vicodin. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. If I had been taking it with the regiment that they told me to take it, I never would have known when the pain was gone and I didn't need to take it anymore because I just would have been completely managed. Yeah. Um, I think that comes from, you know, this concept of we need to ease all pain. So let's over medicate for pain too. Right. You know, when it comes to this and this type of prohibition that still exists today, it's had many ramifications and reasons. There's been uh, medical reasons, money reasons, and there's been race reasons for some of this prohibition. Um, the war on drugs was more of a race thing than it was an actual war on drugs. And it's how the police have gotten militarized today they started getting their military equipment to have their SWAT teams for their drug raids um, I mean even uh, the government branch that deals with it is what the Department of Drugs and Alcohol DAH or whatever DEA. the one DEA and they do uh, alcohol firearms and something else and it's like no you do drugs you're thinking of ATF ATF, alcohol. ATF does alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Yes. That came out of prohibition. DEA yes. came out of the war on drugs. So sorry. The DEA is the new ATF. Very different. Uh, one attacked the Branch Davidians. That's what it comes down to. Um, <laughs> really great branches of the government that, uh, you know, do great work to keep drugs off I just the love street. That. Alcohol, tobacco. And firearms Sounds don't like a... drink. Don't. Well, I mean, I guess Biden's now using the the T in ATF to take down all those dangerous menthol cigarettes. I mean, what? That's a good night in Texas. If you have uh, alcohol, tobacco and firearms, it's just called a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, this is the war on drugs was, you know, a result of this prohibition. And it's not that different than the 
cop groups that were busting um, uh, speakeasies, other than the fact it's gotten more escalated over the past 40 years. It's time for the war on drugs to end. Well, that's one of the ramifications of prohibition. You know, you had that was the initial ramp up of, um, you know, the escalation. Police started carrying guns because the mobsters started carrying guns because the police kept showing up and busting the speakeasies and busting the barrels. And the mobsters were like, fine, fuck it. If you're going to keep, you know, messing with our business, we're just going to take you out. So then all the cops needed to carry guns. So the mobs got bigger and then prohibition ended. But the government, the government never gives anything up. It only ever takes and it'll never give it back so once they had to give up prohibition they didn't want to lose any of their resources so they just found something new to prohibit so that's how we got the war on drugs but the problem was the mobsters and the criminals had already escalated from the prohibition time so it just keeps fucking going yeah they didn't learn any lessons i have one last prohibition to talk to you about but I need to see, do you have any final thing on the war on drugs before I talk about the last form of modern prohibition? No. All right. So there's been one other modern prohibition. And unlike the rest of prohibition, which has been a complete outlaw of everything, this one's been a little bit different. And again, it was the U.S.'s response to not knowing how to deal with an issue. So let's just make something illegal. And that is the drinking age. And I think it can be applied to the smoking age. I've heard some states are turning the smoking age from 18 to 21. Um, So there is a concept now in America that you are not an adult till 21. Um, I psychologically don't agree with that. I don't think your brain is that much more developed at 21 from 18. Now, if we're talking the difference between 15 and 21, a little bit bigger, but uh, there was a lot of high schoolers and college kids that were driving drunk um you know the moms against drunk driving mad came out of that and instead of addressing the issue on why people were binge drinking and all this stuff the solution was to make it that from 18 to 21 you could no longer drink and shocking instead of just educating people they decided just ban it yeah so prohibit drinking from 18 to 21 and that worked out great because 18 to 21 year olds never drink anymore never Um, i was always less drunk at 18 to 21 than i was after i turned 21 i only binge drinked when i was 18 to 21 (laughs) um it's a problem and i mean i grew up in a household that didn't have all the stigmas around alcohol i was italian household we could drink at dinner even as a teenager you know it was never get super drunk it was to have a glass of wine or something so it was a little bit different um but the way the government enforced that was some of the states didn't want to adopt the 21 drinking age yep oh it's my favorite thing lay it on us take away your money to maintain your roads Mm -hmm. it's your choice it's a hundred percent you as a state can choose (laughs) you can keep your drinking age at 18 we're completely fine with that. We're just we're, we're not away- we're not involved in in you know succeeding state sovereignty. No, no, no. no you guys no, are one hundred percent absolutely one hundred percent states rights. One hundred percent state right. Just um, you know, all that money you get to maintain your roads because 
infrastructure is expensive and like if oh, you just yeah, had yeah, to maintain yeah. it as a state without federal help like your state might not be able to maintain the roads well we're if if you want to let 18 year olds drink you know they make more potholes so we're just going to take that money away you you don't need that money right no not at all so not as all. a federal government cool keep it 18 you're just going to lose your federal money we're just going to take everything away from you that's totally fine you're cool with that right yeah and what are you going to do it's, it's, we're not punishing we're not punishing you no not no. at all no and what are you going to do as a state you're going to no make the drinking age 21 to keep that federal money mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yep. it's another form of prohibition this time it's not prohibiting for everyone just for a select few but for a select few again every time this has come up today it has been let's not deal with the issue let's, right, let's not-, not deal with the underlying issue let's just hope it, hope it goes away yeah let's not deal with the mental health issues that are maybe causing these let's not address that because that takes time and money and resources and like caring about people let's just make it illegal so then we can treat them as criminals and beat the shit out of them and put them in jail and slavery is still legal in jail by the constitution so you know you get free workforce to build license plates hand sanitizer whatever you need to make there (laughs) um they don't even make the hand sanitizer. They're just taking hand sanitizer that someone else made and they're just putting the New York label on it. Yeah. That's the best fucking part. He even yeah. lied about that. Let's... We're making the hand sanitizer. You're making the fuck. They're not even making the labels. Just sticking the fucking label on someone else's hand sanitizer. Let's do that over actually addressing the issue at hand. And let's pause before I check in with you to see if you have any final thoughts on my rant there to see how is the mafia unicorn? I see you're drinking the mafia unicorn. It is fantastic. I mean, I'm not a Pilsner guy, so it's so much better than the Pilsner. Um, It is everything I would have hoped it would be. It does feel like a unicorn mafia is fighting in my mouth. I'm going to have to check that one out. I don't know if I'm going to be able to drink the other three Pilsners out there. And uh, I have a couple bills fans, friends, and I might just pawn these off on them because I don't know if we took a moment to talk about this can, but it is truly a love to the Buffalo Bills. So first, oh, you have, it, is, it is covered in the Bills Mafia. They have their own version of the Bills logo without infringing. They yep. have what looks to be a football player running. Um, they have a person going through a table. So for those of you who are not from the Western New York region, I don't know what it is about Bills fans, but they like to throw each other through tables while tailgating on on top of tables. Jake, you got to break the table. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Through the table, you throw them on the top of the table, which breaks the table and they go through the table. Um, Weird semantics. Actually, uh, Jacksonville, when the uh, game was down there, um, had all stores pull foldable tables from their sales floor to prevent Bills fans who came from to Jacksonville from breaking tables by throwing people through the table. It's a and the semantics is a WWE thing. You you know wrestlers throw you through the table, <laughs> not on top of it. You end up on the bottom with the table broken around you. You go through the table. Okay, you and gotta do that in a Hulk Hogan voice if you're gonna say oh, that from now on. No, it's Macho Man. 
Oh, yeah. I'm going to take you and I'm going to body slam you through that table, which I'm going to sit on fire first. Yeah. Um, and then it's got, um, I'm sorry, I'm not a Bills fan in Western New York. It's got the guy who wears the mask with the long hair. I think this guy, rec- did this guy recently pass away? Are, are um, you enough of a Bills fan to know who this guy is? I'm not enough of a Bills fan. I feel but like it might be. Sh- it might be paying homage to him. I feel like he's wearing a luchador mask. We should do this person honor. Um, uh, So let's try to find this. Pacho Billa. Yes. And he passed away. Pancho Billa passed away. It would be it would. You're butchering the name, but. Pancho Billa. Pancho B. I don't think it's Billa. It'd be double L in Spanish is a is like a Y sound. I, I don't know. Well, he passed away um, from something uh, cancer. Uh, so he has been honored on this can. I do have to say the artwork on this can is amazing, even though I'm not the hugest fan of Pilsner's great artwork as yeah. a non Bills fan on this can. His actual name was Ezra Castro. OK, so R.I.P. Ezra Castro. Um, you are. So- You are missed. You are immortalized in more ways than one. With that, let's filter back to our last uh, form of prohibition. Any final thoughts on the drinking age prohibition? No, Uh, just that having older parents, it was weird having parents who, when they grow up, grew up, the drinking age was 18. And then for you, for me, the drinking age being 21 and because my parents are older them consistently forgetting that fact growing up and going out to restaurants and stuff and being like when i was like 18 19 being like don't you want to drink i can't drink i'm not 21 oh, oh yeah. yeah or or my favorite fuck that i'll order you a drink it's fine dad <laughs> i'm good yeah um My final thoughts on prohibition, it's been a long lesson that the U.S. government has not learned does not work. Uh, Whether it be prohibition of alcohol, whether it be the war on drugs, uh, whether it be trying to lower the drinking age, none of this has truly worked. People find a way to get their hold on it. And I think it's worse if it's illegal. And please, the United States of government, let's start treating issues around alcohol abuse and other drug abuse as what they truly are mental health problems that some individuals have it is not a national epidemic that requires the overuse of force that we have seen throughout all these prohibitions jake that'll never happen because you can't make money on treating an addiction but you can make money on locking that poor son of a bitch up what I can make money on is creating a pain-killing drug that's super addictive so people have to keep using it. Mm-hmm. So And incentivize the doctors to prescribe it. Oh, yeah. Uh, what could go wrong? Final thoughts. Um, prohibition bad, government stupid. All right. Aaron, it's been fun. It's been great. Love joining you in the tavern. For all anything? of our listeners, yeah. as always, stay safe, drink responsibly, because you can do that. And we'll see you next time at the tavern.
Speaks podcast.